Welcome to another Connection Podcast. On this episode, we're going to focus on technology use in K-12 classrooms. We know it continues to grow and evolve, and no longer do teachers and admins have to lock into one tech provider. Schools can and are choosing to have hybrid environments, utilizing best-of-breed tech from Google, Microsoft, and others. Recently, Connections Penny Conway, the Senior Program Manager for Workplace Transformation, sat down with Allison Kondo, Channel Account Manager for Google, and Alex DeRossi, the Program Manager for Microsoft in Education, to discuss the options that schools can choose from these days. Ellie, why don't you kick off and share um, kind of what Google has going on in education these days? Sure, sure. So Google for Education right now is not just a one-size-fits-all. We are working around the clock and every day to make sure that Google is presenting its best option to school districts. So really at the core of it, it is a web-based management console that's easy to deploy from one single admin console. So if you have different classrooms, if you had a library, if you have teachers who are all looking to kind of create these virtual experiences for your students, it's not just a testing platform. We're here to really make a cohesive experience for your students um, from the device all the way through, you know, their web browser and all the applications that they're using on a daily basis. So what we're trying to do is stay easy. We're trying to stay affordable. We understand that teachers are kind of at the core of who are using these products every single day. It's not just IT administrators. So whatever is going to be easiest for the teacher to use, it's also going to be the easiest for the kids to use because if the teacher understands what's going on in the classroom, so will the students. So what we're trying to do is create these virtual classrooms with Google for uh, Education with Google Classroom and make all of the classroom needs fit in one single application that these students can post their documents, they can post their homework, they can post all of the different YouTube episodes that they might have recorded or they're, they're using for their research. They can bring it all into one easy-to-use stream and virtual classroom. Um, they can work together when they're not in school, which is huge because we do know that there's a huge population of students right now in the United States who, who don't have Wi-Fi at home. They don't have network at home. Um, and we want to make sure that we're cognizant of every type of student and not just the ones that are privileged enough to have those things. So we try to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to bring home a device, work offline if they have to, and the minute that they walk into that school district the next day, all of their documents, everything that they've done the night before can upload and is automatically saved to their classroom. So we're trying to, again, make sure that everyone has the ability to get this new technology by keeping it affordable and keeping it easy to manage. Yeah, that's really awesome because I, I think we all remember Google coming into the education space really as a testing platform and uh, their devices really lended uh, to school budgets mm -hmm. and uh, being able to see what you guys have put together over uh, the past five years or so and really growing your portfolio and your platform um, for schools is really cool. Um, you know, on the other side, uh, Microsoft has been equally developing a lot around education. So to sort of compare and contrast, Alex, what does Microsoft have going on in education now? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think an important piece there is, is you say the other side, right? And I think what happens in modern classrooms is there is no sides, right? Very true. And what really the winners that we want to come out of this are the schools and the teachers, right? We want schools, teachers, students to really hit their mission statements and achieve what they want to in their schools, achieve their missions. And Microsoft Solution also helps do that. Um, you know, there really are three pillars in the Microsoft Education program. And one thing you'll notice is that they're not specific to 
a type of device or a type of solution. Um, they're more talking about who our real end users are and who the customers are and how do they benefit from that. So the three things that, that Microsoft focuses on, and you know, if you asked me the same question three years ago, it would be a totally different answer, but Microsoft has made major investments in the education space um, to really improve on these three things, and the first thing being you know, better learning outcomes. Right, where the most important thing is what are students getting out of these devices? What are they doing with them? How is it actually helping further the curriculum and further the lessons mm -hmm. rather than what's the shiniest, newest, cruelest thing, right? right? It's more about what am I doing with it? How is it helping my school and how is it helping my students learn? You know, um, we're in a world today that one in five children has some sort of learning disability. Wow. One in five. We, right? were, we were literally just talking about this, and I was like, I believe it because, I mean, there are so many different things that just from our own personal experience, like just being told, oh, you're bad at math, but maybe it's like you have a reading comprehension problem. <laughs> like you can't do a math problem, like a word problem. Right, and, right. you know, a special education student isn't necessarily somebody who has a, a major disability. It could be, you know, they're dyslexic. They're, you know, have a hearing issue. They have anything really small. And I think what we're both trying to accomplish here is making the experience better for those kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that where Microsoft and education has those tools in place that are built right into it. So you're not spending extra money. You're not spending extra time. It's built right into a, w a device with Windows on it, right? It's Windows 10. There's nothing else needed. Um, so that drives those better learning outcomes. And the second pillar is really saving teachers time, right? Because oh gosh, yes. When you, it, it's it's like that famous internet meme. It's like ain't nobody got time for that, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> teachers don't have time for that. Administrators don't have time for that. You know, IT folks don't have time for that. School budgets are so stressed already. And everyone is focusing on just getting that little bit of time back. And when you get a little bit of time back each week, you know, studies have shown that using accessibility tools in the Microsoft platform um, can save, at, you know, 97 curriculum hours per year, wow. something crazy like that. If you equate that to a monetary value, I mean, in a huge district, that could be millions of dollars that you're saving every year just by leveraging free tools that are already built into platforms. Right. Right. That's just a lot of it's awareness these days that people don't know what's out there because there are nine different things shoved in your face constantly of what's this, what's that, what's this, how do I get these, what, what's best for my students. And like we said, the most common situation is everyone's got all different platforms. The teachers are using older laptops. The students in a certain grade level are using some type of device. Maybe they're having tablets or touchscreen ones for smaller ones, so for younger grades, I mean. Um, so saving teachers' time is that second pillar. And the third one is having easy-to-manage devices, right? IT doesn't have time, right? They need to get there. Who are their customers? Their customers are their teachers and their students, right? Who they, you know, you ask an IT person, how do, you, how do you measure your success in your job? And they're like, well, my inbox is empty. I don't get 87 <laughs> password requests. I don't get 100 requests for a new tool to come into the school or a new program be added. They can log into a web browser, manage all their devices, add apps to everything, and just move on with their day, right? They can take the work of what used to be an IT staff of 10, 15, 20 and get it done with four or five people in a web browser. That's really amazing. It's it hits really close to home for me. Uh, kind of all of those pillars, you know. I, Ali, I think you made a really good point where um, maybe learning differences or mm -hmm. 
having trouble grasping a concept um, back maybe when we were students and there weren't uh, technology wasn't as prevalent we could be labeled really easily as you know she doesn't get math right. or he can't um, full he has no reading comprehension um, and you know I think about my own like I had struggles I was doing actually a career day at a um, in a sixth grade classroom last week and I was sharing with those students that when I was their age like I struggled with science I struggled yeah. with math and there weren't the tools that we have today to help support that kind of learning um, so just being able to improve those learning outcomes um, with tools that are going to save teachers time mm -hmm. um, is really, really uh, impeccable. And a lot of that, if I understand correctly, both the Google and the Microsoft platform, all of that's really operating in the cloud um, yes. today. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, teachers are or schools are purchasing a lot of different devices and different tools for device management. And I'm assuming similar to being able to be cross-platform um, for an operating system, the same applies to devices. So what do you guys see the landscape of devices in education today uh, for individual school districts? So I'll take this one first, if you don't mind, Alex. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, thank you very much. Uh, you made some really good points in your Microsoft piece, beauty dubs. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so, so kind of when it comes down to devices, Alex really was on the money when he was talking about how there are just so many different types of devices that a school district could be using. They could be using two-in-ones. They could be using tablets. They could be using regular clamshell notebooks. It depends on who's using it. So a younger child is probably going to be using a tablet. You don't want them running around with a clamshell notebook because they're going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. But the glory of, at least for, for Google side of it, the glory of these Chrome-based devices is that they are so affordable that when we have a conversation with a school district and they're discussing what kind of device they want to go with, well, they have, you know, over six major um, different manufacturers that they could go with for a different type of device. And they can mix and match as they want because it doesn't matter what the device, who made it, where it's coming from. It's the OS that makes the difference. So the operating system at its core is Chrome. And when you work with Chrome, any device across you know, whatever Chrome OS it is can be managed from your admin console. So it gives the IT department and it gives anybody who has access to that admin console just so much more flexibility with what they're using in their district. And just as another kind of added feature for Chrome is that it doesn't have to just be the devices that students are learning with. It could be the Chrome bits that you're using for digital marketing that are in your cafeteria to display, you know, either the morning announcements or whatever type of food is, you know, going to be on the menu for that afternoon for lunch. Um, it could be a kiosk where parents have to check in when they are checking out a kid from a daycare. Everything can be any device that has a Chrome OS built into it can be managed from one central location. So it's not just those devices that students can use. It is meant to be used by everyone in a school environment. And what we're seeing, too, is that school districts are not too, and higher education really for that matter, is not too far off from a regular business. Right. There are different departments that have different needs. There are different people who have different needs. And because of that, we do try to make sure that there is a device that can be used throughout that type of, you know, world. 
Yeah, that's I. Um, one thing that I had have heard from school, you know, IT administrators is that with the influx of testing that came in and brought all of the Google devices and some Microsoft devices in, um, they were a group of people that really weren't in the device management yeah. business at yeah. all. Right. Yeah. Um, they were doing things like phone systems and yeah. it's um, incredible some where light it's networking. Come. Yeah, and the testing piece of it for us, I mean, that's our bread and butter, right? Like. Google Google all day long education is where they play the most. And and we understand that, but we also make sure that what teachers say and what their feedback is comes back to Google and we take it and we run with it and we say, okay, one of the things that they didn't like in prior testing mode was that students could still access different internet sites. They could go to different websites when they were done with their test. And Teachers across America were like, uh, no, uh, they need to not be able to do that because they're probably giving like everybody else the answers. We're good. Right. So Google took all that feedback and it's very relevant feedback. I mean, the people at Google are are some of them are educators. Yes, but not all of them. And when they're doing these DevOps, they're making sure just only some things are happening, not everything. They're not thinking about every single different detail. Um, and they decided, OK, yep, you're right. And so now tester mode is you know, totally locked down. When a teacher puts a, puts those Chrome devices in test mode, that's it. Their kid can only take a test. And once it's done, it's done. They can't, you know, surf the web. They can't go anywhere else. And it just gives the teacher that much more control. But it's across all devices. But it gives that management back to the teacher. It gives the management back to the IT administrators, too, where they can more securely uh, manage what's happening in those classrooms. Because not every teacher is an IT administrator either. Exactly. So it's like, what are my kids doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, Alex, Microsoft really made huge strides, um, not only on the device side over the past few years, working uh, with those same manufacturers to uh, give affordable devices, but also, like Ali was saying, having people at Microsoft that are educators themselves working on the platform. So on the device side, what have you seen with Microsoft and where do you think that that is evolving to? Oh, yeah, it's it's been amazing and it's been a huge change and everything in, t in any part of technology, especially in education, everything moves so fast, right? You blink and now there's a thousand new apps right? and also a thousand new viruses. Yeah. Right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, we don't ooh, need anti-malware. We don't need antivirus. Come to Google. Everybody come to Google. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Ooh. Well, We're about to have a clash of the titans here. <laughs> Now is probably a great time to mention that uh, Windows 10, especially Windows 10 for education, has built-in antivirus protection oh, as well. Oh, Chrome doesn't get hacked. How do oh you boy, feel about oh, I'm just saying. Anyway, we said we weren't going to do this. We we're going to have a friendly, a friendly conversation, and I started it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it's it's a lot of the same stuff on the on the Microsoft side as well, where you know technology and and cloud management has pushed all that stuff so far forward in just the past two, three years, right? If you think of Microsoft a Windows device as a old clunky desktop or something like that, things have changed completely, right? right. You now have, a, you know, with any platform, a device that's less than $300 that performs better than your $600 desktop did a few years ago. Right. And that gives access to technology to people that never had it before. And along with that, access to technology also comes the need to manage it well as well. A lot of, you know, what I call older school, old school IT folks, you know, they're used to this giant 
SCCM console and they have 8,000 options for managing their Windows devices and how do I set all these 19 group policies to stack on each other to <laughs> get exactly confusing. what I want. Yeah, no, it completely <laughs> is. And I'll be the first person to tell you as well. Um, but Microsoft has definitely solved for that in the last few years with Intune for Education. Right. Right. You take 1,000 options, take the most 200 most popular ones, which still sounds like a lot, but really is a couple clickable screens that are very colorful, um, and get that down to an IT administrator. I mean, there's a fantastic video that I, you know, I'll definitely get posted later. But um, you know, you can set up a classroom of devices in an hour right. and go from wow. start to finish. Where you can use, you know, a free app that's built into Windows 10 called Setup School PCs. You make a flash drive, you plug it in, everything downloads. Right. If your school is a little bit ahead of the time and you're already on you know, Azure Active Directory and up in the cloud and ready for that, you can cloud manage all the devices too. Um, you can make a couple clicks, send an app out like Minecraft Education Edition to the entire school or to a single classroom or a single student, a single teacher, or everybody in the district, right? It's just a different set of clicks in a web browser. So you don't have to be sitting in your office looking through your nine monitors, mm -hmm. checking all the things going on at the same time. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that anymore, right? right. Mm -hmm. You're already looking at, oh, what's the next three, you know, what are, what's next in our curriculum? What apps do we need? What are our teachers asking mm -hmm. for to move their stuff forward? They want to accept digital content, right? They want to deliver digital content to their students. They don't want to walk them home with a bag full of homework, right? You want to go on, log in, do your homework, hit grade, it goes to your teacher, you're done. Well, and right. I think on top of that, too, no teacher wants to bring home a bag of homework for right. themselves. Like, yeah. I, how many teacher friends do we probably each have, right? That They're loading their car just with papers and right. tests. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we've all also had the experience of, like, your teacher loses your test or they lose, you know, some sort of grade that you needed to make sure that your grade got back to where it needed to be or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But we... I think we can both agree on the fact that we are just trying to make those steps easier for everybody. We Absolutely. want it to be accessible to students who who need to have access to it and also make the life of the teacher that much easier. In in the Google Classroom, it's easy for students to be able to do group work even if they're not able to get together at after school to do group work because I think I mean, I don't know of the statistic, but I'm sure there's a, a much higher range of both parents working full time these days where kids probably don't have the option to go to somebody's house after school. Um, you know, they're they're home because they have to be home. Maybe they have a babysitter or maybe they're not even at home yet. Maybe they have to go to an after school program. Right. But either way, the ability for kids to be able to work together across, you know, the town and they're not together, but they're working on a project together at the same time. I think my mom would have killed for something like that because <laughs> she hated us, you know, having to do these group projects and not figuring out, well, whose house do you have to be at? Oh, Where do I really have to get the you? Worst. They're the worst. <laughs> and then also, you know, a, a teacher can now log in and say, I mean, I think we all have had this experience. I mean, I, I have per speaking from personal experience, I should say, maybe you've not had this experience, <laughs> but I remember working in group projects and being a person on, on the more productive side of things. And I would get together a lot of the information or there'd be two or three of us that were like really got everything going. And there'd be that one person who like, was like, there you go, you guys can just, it looks like you guys did a really good job. And I'd be like, are you kidding me right now? And then, you know, the teacher would be like, okay, now I need you to self grade. And you'd be like, oh crap, am I gonna be the, the jerk who gets 
you know, who fails this kid because they didn't do anything? Or am I going to be like, I guess we're all equal and give you an A too? Like <laughs> now the teacher can actually log into that classroom and see for themselves, like who actually posted work, who right. was putting in the effort. And then it, it rewards the students who deserve the reward. And it also highlights the students, like we were saying before, right? Kids who might have just a need for more help in the classroom. It has become this need that we need to appreciate not just the the student using it and why the student is using it, but also those benefits that the teacher can take advantage of to to really narrow in and, and hone in on the kid who needs help the most. There are tons of self-starter kids out there. There are a ton of kids who are going to get the work done and just be good. But like I can tell you right now in seventh grade, I didn't do my homework for almost the entire year in math. I bring up a lot of math problems, but it's because I did not like math, but I didn't do it. I erased my homework every single day from my agenda book, every, every day. You would have hated me as a child. (laughs) And people don't believe this about me now because they're like, oh, you're like very type A. I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm, this was not always the way. (laughs) Um, But I erased it every day. I mean, my parents had no idea. And they went to a parent-teacher conference because I was failing math in seventh grade. My mom was like, you know, gung-ho why is Allie failing math? I don't understand. You know, my daughter has done everything. She tells me that she does everything, blah, 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 blah. And the teacher was like very point blank with her and said, I'm really sorry to tell you this, Mrs. Kondo, but your student has not passed in any of her homework for the past like six months. Wow. Um, She has failed every test. And my mom came home. I've never been in more trouble in my life. She also still to this day tells this story because she, I'm sure, still does not trust me. I'm 31. (laughs) Um, She, you know, I think about, and I tell this as an example because it's not that I was like a bad kid. I just was lazy. I just didn't do my homework. And now we have the ability where guardianship is is a huge possibility where students' parents can log in and see if their kid have actually been doing their homework. Are they passing the assignments that they need to be passing? And it's not helicopter parenting. It's just straight up making sure that your kid is on the right track. And it's teachers being able to reach out to your parents right away instead of six months down the line and saying, hey, did you know, Mrs. Kondo, you know, Allison hasn't turned in her homework for the past, like, week and a half. And my mom could have been on my butt, you know, months prior and it wouldn't have been this huge thing where like you know summer school was discussed and all these extra things and my mom felt like I broke her trust it was a big thing but it was a really big deal but it was like a very big deal but we're having a therapy session but but I mean I you know presenting these options to school districts and showing them you know the full google solution I do I say I talk about this example all of the time anybody listening who has heard one of my lunch and learns in you know in the gov office is going to be like get another story but (laughs) but it's true because if my parents had been part of that conversation much sooner if the teacher had even been part of that conversation if they could have seen my trajectory through these virtual classrooms through these applications that we're now offering to our students they would have been able to pick me out of a crowd like in two seconds flat and said this kid like needs more help right and and it wouldn't have just been me being lazy it would have been oh we need to give her more attention because she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. So hopefully we're seeing this positive turnaround for kids who might be falling by the wayside by by using these devices and being able to manage these devices. Yeah. And I, I think you really hit all the points of what Microsoft's three pillars are there is to improve student <laughs> outcomes. Thank, thank you. And to save teachers time. I mean, especially talk about a blind spot with a teacher thinking that you're – 
you know, your parents know you're not doing your homework and they're just not right. following up. And so being able to, to solve for that. So we've talked about devices. We've talked about really what um, your strengths and weaknesses are for Microsoft and for Google. We've had a little bit of a battle of maybe who should pick <laughs> who. Um, but one of the, I think one of the really great things about both the Microsoft platform and the Google platform is that there really is the opportunity to cross over because Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. both of you have that goal as um, operating systems mm-hmm. uh, to, to make the experience better for the student, for the teacher, for the parent, for the administrator. Um, so where do you think, Alex, Google and Microsoft really play well together yeah. um, in, in a school environment? I think there's really three things there, right? And two of them kind of go together. Um, you know, during your story, Allie, all I could think of was really two concepts there, right? Accessibility and personalized learning. Mm-hmm. And those things are so huge in today's education, Right. Like we said before, you know, one in five students has some type of learning disability. Right. Whether it's dyslexia or anything along those lines, Um, you know, and even recently I I saw a study that Microsoft had commissioned that 73 percent of today's teachers reported that they have a span of reading levels in their classroom of more than four grades. Yeah, that, I believe it. It blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my mind when he was talking. You're talking, that. I mean, if you if you specifically spell that out, you know, you have a someone who reads at a first grade level in the same classroom with someone who reads at a fifth grade level. Right. Those are massive differences. And where both platforms really shine and, you know, something that Microsoft has invested heavily in and building it right into the platform is having so many accessibility tools and personalized learning tools that are built right in and web-based so that no matter what program you're using, what app you are, even if you're on the web, um, you have those ways to personalize your lesson to what works for you, whether that's changing the color, changing the text, Mm -hmm. changing the size, having it read aloud to you, having it translated into your language, Mm -hmm. right? English as a second language learner is a huge thing in schools, right? right? Um, 52% of teachers in the U.S. have an English as a second language I'm full of Look statistics at you today. With statistics. <laughs> oh. 52% me up, man. of teachers God. have an English as a second language learner in their classroom, yeah. right? So the real challenge for today's teachers and what makes it teaching such a difficult job is how do you reach everybody the same, right? right? How do you make everything make yeah. sense to everybody at all the levels that they're at? You know, in the Microsoft platform in Windows 10 in general and, you know, web-based applications really even that playing field for everybody um, where you can customize things. And there are apps, you know, that's out of the top 100 education apps, they're available on all the platforms, right? Yeah. Right. No matter what you're using, right. you get to that, you get to right. the right learning outcome for your students, right? Right. And how Google kind of approaches it is, is really one and the same is that we're trying to make everything more accessible for for everybody using these devices. So whether it's a kid with a disability, whether it's a student or not even a student, a, a teacher who might have a learning disability as well, right? We want to make sure that everyone has the, the same feature function benefit, if you will. Um, you know, with the Google Play Store, you're able to download any available application straight into your learning platform if you want it to be on your Chrome device, if you are looking for different YouTube videos to show your kids in school because they learn a different way. If you're trying to, you know, make a podcast, there are podcast editing apps out there that you're able to use. And what we're trying to show too is that, you know, especially with 
a Chrome device, as long as it's in the cloud, you're, I mean, let's, be, you're probably using a Chrome browser. Like, you know, it is, it is what it is. Like, <laughs> says the Microsoft guy. Yeah. Yeah. Says the Microsoft guy who's probably using Chrome to open up his Office 365. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but that's, but that's, that's where that crossover is, right? It's a conversation we have in um, our small to medium business and enterprise space a lot is that, well, if you're using Office 365, if you're using any web-based application, why not be doing that on an affordable device? Why not be using a secure device? All of the Chrome OS devices have multi-layered security built in. We're trying to make it so that not only are um, all of our applications accessible. Google Translate is available to students. That ESL statistic is, you know, is a great statistic to highlight because we are such a multicultural country, and some some cities are way more multicultural than others. I mean, I grew up in New Hampshire. It's not super diverse, but you know, Alex and I were just out in South Dakota last week, and That's we right. went to the mall, yep. and we were like, "Oh my gosh, there's like, it's so multicultural. It was incredible. We couldn't believe it." And so, you know, when you're going through a store together and you realize half the store aisles are also in Spanish or, and you know, we're in South Dakota. It's not like we're, you know, on a border city or a border state to, you know, a different country. We're in the middle of the United States of America. Um, it makes a big difference when you kind of look around and you think to yourself like, oh, this is not, you know, a high, super high income, very wealthy, you know, environment around me, I, I wonder what these kids are, are using and what tools they're using and what they have available to them. Um, and I think that we can both kind of talk for days about the applications that come, you know, with either of our platforms. Yeah. Google for Education, G Suite for Education is free to all education users. Um, it, it makes life so much easier where they have all those applications just at their fingertips. They can pull anything from the Google Play Store you know, if it came down to it and it did cost money for an application, you through the admin console could actually add like a credit card for your teacher to be able to purchase applications straight from their classroom. So it makes their lives just so much easier. They could buy it on the fly. But what we're both trying to to show here is that there's never going to be one thing that rules them all. Right. I would love, I would love, 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 love more than anything in the world to walk into a school district one day and see that everybody has a Chrome device. Everybody has, you know, G Suite. Everyone's using, you know, everyone's just like on Chrome OS. That would be, oh God, I, I died I, and gone to heaven. And, and I, and you know, on the other side, I would love the opposite situation, right? <laughs> I would love an entire school on Windows 10 education using Microsoft 365 yeah. education, which is free for all students and teachers mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Nice plug. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, as well as seeing an IT staff deploying whatever yeah. apps that, that yeah. work best for their teachers right through the cloud, right? So you don't have something where you're buying something in a store, right? Right. And the Microsoft Store for Education, you know, just as robust as the Google yeah. Play Store and works exactly the same way. You can set up those purchases 
set up a separate store for your school so your mm-hmm. teacher doesn't have to go looking on the web. I mean, if you go in any right. search engine, you type in best education apps, there's going to be like 10 million results mm-hmm. and they're all going to say different list of the top 10 education apps. So how does one find out? Well, your IT department can work with someone like Microsoft or Google or whoever to figure out what apps work for their school mm-hmm. and then set that up so their teachers only have access to those apps that they need. Yeah. Right? right? They yeah. don't have to go searching through the whole internet right. Right. to find what works best for them. It's already set up for them. And that's a couple clicks for an IT admin on you know, Intune for Education with Microsoft. Yeah, I, I think I heard it um, said you guys um, – I know it's all in good fun. You have your competitive spirits um, here within Connection. I think I heard it said really well by one of the Microsoft learning consultants um, that works really closely with Connection. He was with a group of teachers and he said, listen, whether you're using Google Chrome or you're using Windows 10, um, we just want to equip you with more tools in your tool belt to make sure that you're ready um, for whatever student, wherever the student is, to be able to fulfill the need to support that student Mm -hmm. and one thing that I really love that we offer here at Connection is that we have both of you who are clearly very spirited about your solution. And (laughs) and through your support and your resources, our account managers are really able to help schools craft Mm -hmm. this multi OS solution as it works best for their school. So I really appreciate both of you, Allie and Alex um, coming to chat with me. Um, I know our listeners are, um, probably have this uh, thought process and this conversation in their heads a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's refreshing to know that there's a resource like Connection that has um, two folks like yourselves that can really help guide customers um, through making the best purchasing decisions, the best learning um, decisions for their students to ultimately improve student outcomes. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was awesome to talk to both of you. At Connection, we do understand the modern classroom. Whether your school is a Windows-based or a mixed environment, our team has the expertise to help you accomplish your school's mission. Not sure what new technology is right for your school? Contact your account manager and work with specialists from Microsoft and more to help you decide. You're also invited to listen to the latest podcast episodes with experts from our Microsoft and Google resources. You'll find those at govconnection.com. Under the Industries link, click K-12 Education, then click the A-plus Academy banner.